Hello and welcome to the Fence End Podcast. Simon here um, and I'm joined by Fraser, Liam and Paul tonight. A full house or a full Hello. house. Hello. 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 How are we all? Yeah, all right. Um, I'm, unfortunately, uh, speaking to Arsenal fans left me feeling like we had more of a chance than we actually had, even though I went into <laughs> it still going, nah, nah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, what a day out. Obviously, we'll get into it. Go for it, Simon. We will. No, we have got. We've got straight into. Well, I was going to say let, let's let's start at A. Um, a for Arsenal and Monday night's game. Um, it's one of those that if you weren't there, you would almost certainly have watched it on the telly. A little bit underwhelming in the end because I don't think we we really troubled their keeper much. Um, but then we weren't embarrassed by it. Um, held them to half time and they just turned it on a little bit extra at the end. Brought a few few of the more star players on perhaps and yeah they, they definitely did it sort of the the right way they they put out a strong side and then they they brought on people to cement it um and and for i i watched the game at the stadium so i didn't i didn't see it on tv but apparently the itv commentators were saying that we're we don't look like a mid-table league one side we look like we should be you know competing so all in all, I think there are lots of positives to be had. Unfortunately, when you look and it's 3-0, you don't feel that. Um, mm. But during the game, and, and certainly up until... Um, I, I completely agree with what Robinson said on the radio. Once that free kick gets given, it, it, I think it was wrongly given. I had a really good view of it. Clearly gets the ball. Anyway, yeah. it gets given. You can't switch off. And once you do that, and then there's the misplaced pass from McGuane, and not just that, it doesn't really get picked up, that the more kept Saka on side. If he just, you know, positioned himself slightly better and, like, just a few mistakes creep in, we push up to try and make something happen, and then inevitably you get picked off because of their quality. So 3-0, it, I'm, I feel it flattered them, but, it, but also, mm. fair enough, everything points towards the fact they're the best team in the country at the moment. We're not the best team in the country at the moment. They'll do many more teams by more than three goals. All in all, there were more pros than cons. Yeah, we I think a- it kind of summed up our season. I, don't, I tweeted it, summed up the season. The, the, the defence were good, fairly solid, uh, admittedly three goals. But for certainly the, the first hour, we looked very solid. Both fullbacks had good games. The midfield, lots and lots of energy, lots of good passing. And then it was the final third, like Ian Wright said, we, we didn't have that cutting edge up front. And I think that's that has summed up the season. We we, we play some nice football, def- defend reasonably well. We're in most games, but we haven't got that goal scorer. Yeah, we had that one-on-one, which if he could have got his pace or still had pace... He's never had pace. <laughs> I'd like to say that. I don't think he's <laughs> lost a, lot, a yard of pace because I don't think he ever had it. No, but that, if, if that had... If we'd have converted that, then it's a completely different game. And then it just, their second goal, one and one, they took it so calmly. It's just the difference, isn't it? And yeah, it was frustrating to see that free kick given. But but once it is, it, you can't switch off. I, I've said it yeah. time and time again. Mm. And I, I'm not just saying it because Robinson did. I, I do regularly say, even if it's not a corner, you've still got to defend. Even if it's not a free yeah. kick, even if you should have had a free kick earlier, you can't switch off. That's yeah. that separates the wheat from the chaff. You see, um, obviously, loads was made about Trent 
Alexander Arnold's corner a few years ago because Barca switched off, and that's Barca doing it. Mm. So if, if Oxford switch off, of course Arsenal <laughs> are going to score against us. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I think the game also confirms a lot of what's you know most of us have have, have wondered for the season is is that is it just that we have a problem with we can do everything pretty well apart from, you know, the, the main pit, which is scoring <laughs> Sco- goals. Score goals and keep clean sheets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can't rate. win. And it, it screams it. If I mean, if you just glance at the league table, Plymouth Argyle are top of the table and they've conceded one goal fewer than us. The difference is they've scored 17 more. So, yeah, it's, it's all there for us to see, isn't it? And you just wonder how much better off would we be um, if we just... Could just address this this problem, and like you say, Si, it, I doubt Ian Wright has watched much of Oxford this year, but got the same assessment all of us have from a season by watching ninety minutes of us um, and and <laughs> well, seeing what we they, could all see. And he look, was in training a few seasons ago, mm. wasn't he? So he's got a oh, friendship yeah. with Carl yeah, Robinson. Yeah, and you know it, it's it's weird because you you kind of left the game thinking it's pretty good that we, we held the best team in the country. Okay. They made changes, but they still had, you know, I mean, the front three were still outrageously good. Um, it, you left the ground thinking it's, it's great that we've held them for 60 minutes, you know, an hour of football. Um, and it's, it's, it's great that it was, it did flatter Arsenal when they end that scoreline, but you also thought we could have even had a shout in this game if we could test the keeper somewhat. And we just didn't seem to be able to do it. Um, and, and Brannigan had that shot in the second half where it went, nearly went over the stand at the home mm. end. But you sort of thought, well, at least someone's had a go. <laughs> yeah. Someone's just whipped a shot because why not? You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard, isn't it, to give any criticism of Oxford from that game. You do have, you know, some opinions. You think, well, we could have done this, we could have done that. But then you keep coming back to, well, it was Arsenal win the third round of the Cup and how much more can we ask for? <laughs> and if we had one, I don't think we'd be in City, up at City anyway, no. if, if I'm no. completely honest. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Can, I, can I moan about some negatives? And I'll, I'll start with... Fraser, you said it last time. Arsenal fans, we know we've got three stands. It, <laughs> that's not funny. It, it's in no way creative. Surely you would look at yeah. that stadium and go, oh, they've had that before, surely. They didn't think they turned up and went, no one's probably done this before. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> and that was the only song they sang, really, until yeah. they were winning. They'd yeah. like, I was sat next to Paul and, and you know, a few a few times we talked about how many better League One set of fans we've had. League Two sets of fans we've had. Conference yeah. fans we've had. Yeah. Used yeah. to look forward to games against, well, not look forward to games against Luton because we always lost them. But it, it was a good set of fans. Yeah. And I, I thought they were woefully poor. Um, I thought on the whole, our fans were were good, kept the singing going and, and so on. It wasn't the best I've seen it, but we lost 3-0. Um, I will moan about someone who was sat near me. I won't say exactly where it's sat. He might be listening. I don't know. If it wasn't are, Paul, was it? It wasn't Paul. Um, Hi, Tim. When, Hi, Tim. <laughs> when, um, when Bowden and Taylor went off, I, I clapped and he went, well, that's generous. And he went, yeah, but still it's generous. And I said, I don't, I don't care how they performed. I support the club. And this is me supporting the players. I will happily moan now on this podcast oh, about yeah. a performance or something like that. But if we're not there to support them whilst they're playing against the best team in the country, what are we there for? Don't, yeah, yeah. don't 
call me generous because I clapped someone off a pitch. I'm South Stand Upper. Clapping is as loud as it gets. Yeah. But I'm going to clap. Yeah. Um, so that was, I had a little moan about that. And then the the other thing is the, um, the I know we're going to come on to this. Only two minutes being added on. That's fine if you've hurried them along yeah. and not let them, oh, okay, well, they're, they're spending 90 seconds celebrating each goal. We were time-wasting at nil-nil. Of course mm-hmm. we were, with, yeah, with yeah. a League One club. They were, is time-wasting the right word? They were relaxed, shall we say, at nil-nil. Yeah. Um, no one did anything quickly. In the first half, um, there were several injuries. In the second half, I, I think I'm right in saying, they're meant to add on 30 seconds for each goal, so that's a minute and a half, and 30 seconds per sub. Mm. Now was the only just, added two minutes? After that first goal, when Eddie Nketiah took forever to get back into his own half, the next goal went in. I kind of made a mental note of roughly what the time was when the goal went in. And that was a minute and a half. Same for the third goal. So you're right, even if they should add 30 seconds on, well, it actually was a minute and a half, 90 seconds for each goal. You're four and a half minutes there just for the for the three goals and the time it took. You're yeah. right, if, if the referee is waving them back, then you think, Right, and they're not doing it. Do something about it. Or if you're not going to wave them back, because he just stood there with his hands on his hips, I thought, okay, maybe he's going to add the time on. Like the, the World Cup was a prime example of them saying, yeah. right, we're adding lots of time on. Yeah, We were you know, expecting six or eight minutes minimum. And then yeah. two goes up on the board. And you think, well, that's... Well, and You've I added about five not, seconds per stoppage. We're not scoring four goals. Even if he puts up 15 minutes, we're not scoring four goals. Yeah, I get yeah. that. But it's poor refereeing. Mm. And when they immediate a, a goal kick's given or a corner's given and they think it's a penalty or whatever it is, if they run and surround the referee like that, yeah. book them. You yeah, have been yeah. told if anyone argues with your decisions, book them. If you mm. don't do that, they'll keep doing it. What yeah, is yeah. the point in these tools? And then people going, oh, well, footballers shouldn't speak to refs like that. Referees can stop it. It's really yeah. easy, really easy. And it's their job to do it and they don't. And in terms of the extra time, as I said, we weren't going to get back into the game. But I paid to watch 90 minutes of football and I did not watch 90 minutes of football. And that is, mm. that is watching my own team lose. But I paid to watch... Oxford United versus Arsenal. I've not been able to do that many times and I didn't get to see a full game. True. And somebody might have backed Arsenal at 4-0, you know, with the bookies. And, you know, they made it. All, yeah. What you are know. you saying about Marcus McGrain's passing? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, like you say, we weren't going to score three or four goals. It, it, but, it, you know, that famous Pompey game at the Manor, 5 all. we scored two goals in injury time. You know, um, up at Middlesbrough in the cup, we scored two goals in a minute and a half. Yeah. Now, it was highly unlikely, but you've not, you know, the board went up with two minutes and everyone goes, oh, that's it then. If that yeah. goes if, up with eight it minutes, up, yeah. it's and like, we right, there's, there's, a, there's an immediate, right, everybody go, go on, go on, everybody yeah. lifts and a fluky goal goes in and all of a sudden the whole, everything changes, the whole yeah. atmosphere around mm. the stadium changes. It probably wouldn't have happened, but the referee hasn't, you're right, the referee hasn't given it the opportunity to happen because he's he's gone, no, that, yeah, I think there's probably only about two minutes of, any, you know, added time to be added. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think it must come down to him going, Arsenal have won this. Yeah. But, yeah. but you're there right are 11 and a half thousand people <laughs> that have yeah. paid to see 90 minutes of football. Yeah. No, it was, I, it was, I, it, was I, it was ridiculous. And, you know, the, um, 
while we're on annoyances, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. The these tossers who have their head stuck in the Premier League and never stop saying things like, "Wow, well, the thing is, of a League One club, all you're going to get is kicked up in the air and lumped." And it's like mm. they, they honestly think we don't know how to play football. Like the arrogance of them to think that they're the only ones who ever pass the ball. I mean. If anything, we were playing the short passing game against Arsenal. And and yeah, I, it was when they did the punditry at half-time and full-time, they did acknowledge Oxford's, you know, um, um, style of play. And, and that was good to see. But the amount of... I was drove back after the game. I had talk sport on and just listening to the national coverage. And it was just talking complete rubbish about the standard of League One. And, and he was just, you know, amazed at this scoreline and, and how, how could that possibly have happened? And it's like... Well, do, do you have any knowledge of anything that not even the Premier League, the top half of the Premier League, it's all they look at is, and they think they have this monopoly on anything that looks half decent in football. And they talk about us like we're from a pub or something, or mm. we're a bunch of, mm. you know, 55 year olds. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> if we throw it, you know, we think back to the, the, the Man City game, the second, the quarterfinal League Cup Man City game, the 3 1 game. Yeah. And how sort of gracious, if you want to use that word, Pep Guardiola was about how we played. And and I think there was that stat, wasn't there, that there were more more attempts on target or more attempts on goal in that game against Man City than than they'd faced since Pep had been there in, in Premier League or Champions League or anything like that. Yeah. We, you know, we tried to play football. We haven't changed our style particularly. We're not as we're not as exciting and we're not scoring as many goals, but but the way we play hasn't changed a great deal. And Arteta mm. said Apparently, he's quite, and I, I thought maybe he's been misquoted, but I, I watched it back, a little clip of the um, the post-match press conference, and he said, we were really physical and direct in the first half hour. And you, like you say, Fraser, there's this kind of perception that, oh, well, League One is, you know, it's, it's a pub league, and it's kind of like he's sort of perpetuating that, and it's like, well, that doesn't really show up in the way we played, because... No. But yes, yes, a lot of their players were rolling around with injuries, supposedly, but it, a lot of it was from very, very minimal contact. It certainly wasn't, you know, yeah. we weren't setting out to to novel anyone by any stretch of the imagination. No. I thought it was some of their sort of antics were a bit kind of pathetic, really, because it, it was, was embarrassing. Yeah. I, I do agree with what you're saying completely for the record. But what I will say, I said to Paul at the time, them time-wasting, them doing that sort of mm. thing, I think is quite a big compliment to us. Well, They're not going, we're just better than you. They're going, yeah. we're going to have to work hard. We're going to have to do these things to mm. win this game. They will yeah. have to w- wind down the clock. They will need to do this. They will need to do that. And it was incredibly frustrating because you go, come on, you're just better than us. <laughs> give, yeah. give us a chance. Well, Don't that, do this that was well. The thing. They, if they'd have cut that out and just played as well as they did in those sort of three three spells to score the goal, you know, they, were, they could have cut us apart. They could have scored a lot more by just, you know, focus on playing football and, and not faffing about. And yeah, it would have, but maybe that, actually, that, perhaps that's the Premier League. It reminds me a bit, I don't know whether you remember the Middlesbrough game where like, they obviously showed highlights, but but there was one point where it was injury time and there was a fan not throwing the ball back and mucking it up all the time. And it was the same sort of, you know, silliness from some of their players, you know, when they're taking ages going back, going down and holding your sock and things. And it's just like, 
I don't know, it left a little bit of a sour but taste. But if the ref's like, not going to do anything, why yeah. would you stop it? You're Premier mm. League leaders against League One and you're, you know, yeah. taking the... What, what's going on? Yeah. Like, it's that Premier League win at all cost mentality rather yeah. than... Right, this is a spectacle. People like <laughs> people have paid to see ninety minutes of football, or or you know, there's that. I think because I don't know it's for another day, but the the level of money involved in Premier League football and getting into the Champions League has kind of focused the minds of footballers into we must win regardless of anything. You know, the the paying fans can go whistle. We all we're worried about is making sure we win the game. And it, it it sort of yeah, you like say the referees should be stronger. Referees have have got the tools at their disposal. Like you say, when when they were surrounding the referee after the you know the handball claim from Elliot Moore, who was sort of sliding his hands underneath him to to brace himself. Ian Wright was very good at kind of pointing out, well, that's the rule you can or the law of the game. You can you know have a hand down to to break your fall if it's in a natural position, which it was. It's not a penalty. But they surrounded the referee, four or five of them, really in his face. And that that would have been a, more of a yellow card than the only yellow card that was shown. So earlier on, when there was a goal kick given, and it looked like it should have been a corner, mm. um, and they ran over and had a go at the linesman, if he yeah. booked one of them then, yeah. they would not have surrounded him for the penalty claim. Mm. That's how refereeing works. And yeah. how these people get through their training and do not know how to manage people is beyond me. It's appalling. Yeah. And, and yet they're going, oh, we need we need to fast track people. Don't do that. Actually train them. Yeah. You can't help but wonder as well. Like this is a Premier League ref. He referees mm. these people all the time. He sees them. He probably knows them first name basis. Subconsciously, it's probably in the back of his mind. Yeah, but I know him. Yeah. Whereas he knows none of our players. You know, he's he's going to us how we should go to them you know, in completely unbiased, doesn't know any of our players, doesn't know our attitudes or anything like that. He should be going into that. But it's very difficult as a referee if you know one side but not the other. That being said, I, I don't think he was biased. I think no. he made some bad decisions. No, yeah. I don't think I, he was biased. And yeah. I honestly feel that he he thought, you know what, the game's done. They don't need embarrassing anymore. We probably won't and add on too much. But that's besides the point. Mm. You can't yeah. suddenly start yeah. using common sense when you can't in the well, rest of the game. Common sense <laughs> is not what that man was using. No, no. <laughs> I, and we often talk about referees being uh, the, the rugby referees, and only a, only a captain in rugby is allowed to approach the referee, and it's it's often it's usually very polite. Um, football's a bit different, so I, I made a, a kind of slightly well, a very tongue in cheek suggestion that if a if a football player gets close enough to a referee for the referee to be able to nut him, he should be allowed <laughs> to do that. I think yeah. players shouldn't Don't, get of close. Yeah, just yeah. get bang right there. You go. You're not. You know, players aren't allowed to retaliate. It's it, you know, you can either get get your cards out, or if they're that close, yeah, just nut them. Don't they do that at this level anyway? Sure, well, there's, there's one that was. <laughs> yeah, Tristel, was I that. Just, yeah, just mentioned Tristel. Yeah, Tristel. And, and it was hilarious. The absolute kind of um, reaction to that from players, and you can't do that as a referee. It's like, why not? Players have been doing that for for well as long as you can remember, and then one referee does something very slightly out of order, and it's like, oh my god, what's yeah. happened? Yeah. The most annoying thing is when all the is when players um, appeal and the ref starts walking backwards 
Mm. Don't do that. Just no, stand where you are. You. Yeah, if they touch them. you, it's a booking immediately. Stop yeah. walking backwards. Mm. Just yeah. players will learn, you know. Mm. Anyway, we could probably talk about things like that for, for hours and hours. But, um... <laughs> I, th- I think Simon tried to do a, a smooth link earlier and then I talked over it. So I'm sorry, Simon. Go, <laughs> That's right. Go on, do it. I can't remember. I did, I, I did a smooth link. What was that for? You, you said Where that only I... one player was booked. I did. I thought we are going to move on to... to... Perhaps we ought to take the uh, the club's lead here and just say, you know, it's under investigation and yeah. uh, they won't be making any statement. The only thing I, I, I saw a little bit about it on social media and somebody said, well, he was eight to one to be booked. And I thought, I don't know. Let's have a look at the odds. Oh, right. Well, he's played 22 games, been booked four times. So he gets booked every five and a half games and you're giving odds of every eight games. That's good value. And he's up against possibly the best winger in the country, or what you know, certainly one of the top players in the country. As a left back, you kind of think that's good value. Um, whether there was anything involved, well, obviously any investigation will we'll find that out. But I thought eight to one was quite good value if you're a betting person. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, all I, I, I we don't need to go into much detail, but I'm an idiot. So I would definitely say to people, I'm against Saka at the weekend. Yeah. Like, put a fiver on me getting booked. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. That doesn't mean I'm going to try and get booked. booked. That's me no. going, he's bloody good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. But, but as you say, an investigation will will find this sort of stuff yeah. out. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, we miss out in on a fourth round FA Cup uh, tie against Man City. But, yeah, but they're um, getting boring now. They are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would have been nice to go to their place for once, though. <laughs> yeah. True, true. But talking about fourth round FA Cup matches, um, the under 18s beat uh, Cardiff uh, the day after. I don't know when you'll when you'll be listening to this, but the day after on the Tuesday after the Arsenal game, um, yeah, the under 18s beat Cardiff in the uh, Youth Cup. So they're through now to the fifth round, first time in the club's history, or well, certainly since records have been kept. Apparently, so um, I think that what they said on the preview show was no one can remember official records. Yeah, now. well, if it's basically Martin Bradetsky, can you remember <laughs> if no, I no, I can't. Re- must be records then. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. No, it's um, and you know that Arsenal game with with um, the youngsters coming on. Um, obviously, um. Donka doing very well in the first team um, and others as well, playing on the Tuesday night as well. It, it's, I think it, it shows how well the the academy is doing now. It's producing players that are doing really well at their age group, but also seeing a, pro, a pathway into the first team. I had a Man U fan come up to me um, yesterday and say, that winger that came on, that youngster, he, he looked good. And I was like, Tyler Tyler Cook? Good room. Mm. Like, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, he got some good balls into the box or whatever. And you got, you know, this is against very good mm. quality young players as well. You know, they and you've got neutrals picking them out. You know, it's what an opportunity, and they're taking it. You know, and I think a lot of that comes down to attitudes as well. Um, and they 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 do seem to have the right head on their shoulders to hopefully go a long way yeah and that sort of thing doing that in the first team i think is massively then helping them when they they went behind against cardiff didn't they so yes yeah. that sort of thing 
they can then, it, yes, it improves them because they're obviously getting that first team experience, but then they become the, the mature first team people yeah. in the youth setups. Mm. So the youth setups have someone to turn to and like, mm. oh, what's it like on the big day out or whatever it is? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's how they all speak to each yeah. other. But that it just must, uh, there's a phrase about when the when the tide rises, all the boats come up. It's something like that, isn't it? So when when a couple of them improve, that should help everyone. And I think and a- that them having to do that, and it is a, a needs must, but it's actually helping the rest of the club. There's a clear pathway as well. You know, you can see it's not like you might make it. These people have. Yeah. You know, they've they've stepped up and they've been given an opportunity. That's that is one thing. I know he gets a lot of criticism, but that is one thing you do get with Robinson as manager. You know that he's not afraid to chuck in a youngster. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm not sure when the fifth round draw is made, um, but hopefully, you know, if it's one of the big clubs, they'll play the game at the Kassam again the next round if it's at home um, and, and people getting behind the youth team um, doing really well. Um, when it comes to uh, cup success, of course, um, looking at the women's team um, in the women's FA Cup, uh, third round, Oxford beat that back in early December. Oxford beat uh, Plymouth three nil, um, and their next game is against Bristol City away in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Um, we've had a couple of uh, games since that, uh, with the one nil win against Portsmouth and, and a three nil win against Bridgewater in the last game. Um, and it's a bit of a wait until the next league game away at Cheltenham. But uh, yeah, again. The, the under 18s doing well, the women's team doing fantastically. Um, eight points clear at the top of the table, played two games more than Watford. But even if Watford win their games in hand, they're not catching us yet. And it's just as we keep it's, it's we're on repeat when it comes to the women's team, they're just doing brilliantly and they're making yeah. some good signings as well. Mm. Yeah, ev- everything is, is looking great for them. And so I, I think it's maybe, um, if <clears throat> In, in previous seasons, whenever any any sort of team that you are supporting is doing well, you automatically then sort of, oh, well, it's, it's not that good. Like, don't we, I don't know, yeah, you just can't, yeah. you can't no, get complacent, can you? Um, but yeah, they, they're absolutely flying. And it's, it's incredible to be this far in, still unbeaten. And, and admittedly, they, they only have three more home games for the rest mm. of the season. Yeah. So, it will be more tricky, but the the sort of two biggest rivals, Watford and Ipswich, still have to play each other twice. We've played each one of them. So yeah. we've got to play each one again. So they've yeah. each got to play us once and each other twice. I don't know. You know, when you go, mathematically, this is looking good. Somebody, yeah. somebody, somebody has to drop points there, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Liam, it's so, it's so true what you say about... Uh, immediately wanting to be pessimistic about a side that you support. <laughs> because when Simon said eight points clear, or if I'm ever anywhere and say someone said, oh, this shape has eight points or whatever, I just hear eight points. I immediately think of being eight points clear against Dagenham and Redbridge in the conference. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're right. You're right. That's immediately what my thought is. I don't know why my brain takes me to that place, but that's what it does. <laughs> that's because Simon says it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's shocking. Yeah, I, I obviously the the aim is promotion and and it goes to a uh, a playoff doesn't it against the 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 
North Division against the South Division. So teams at the top of the North are remote. And it, it, just looking at that, you've got Wolves, Forest, Burnley, Huddersfield at the top of the Northern Division. And we're up against Watford, Pompey, Ipswich. Big clubs. It's, it, yeah, I, we, we keep saying it. I keep saying it. it they're doing fantastically well uh, and all credit. Because it's not even just that those are big clubs they're in and around. The the budget yeah. is nowhere near no. what Ipswich and, and Watford are looking at and what Southampton did last season. The mm. fact that Southampton won the league is not a surprise. The no. fact that it was close is incredible. Yeah. yeah. And it's something you'd hope Oxford, our board, would look at for next season, uh, increasing that budget. I know, I know, you know, it's I guess every penny is scrutinized, but surely they've they've done more than enough to to get a bit more money out of the club. Mm. Um and and you know make a I would say make a real uh, challenge for the for the league, but they are they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, but, that, but that, they they wouldn't be able to at the next level if they if no. they manage to go right, up okay. and they don't improve the budget, it will be yeah incredible what will happen to the next <laughs> season and not in a yeah. good way. No, okay. uh, but that kind of takes us back to that one one club mentality of the U team, the women's team, the youngster, you know, the real youngsters in the academies, and and the whole ethos around the club being positive. Uh, and that kind of it's almost a you know the the stadium situation, you know, trying to get the women to play at the stadium was was you know very difficult because of the situation on the lease or the license and not being able to play games there. That new stadium would be so much easier to say, okay, let's play the, the women's team games at the at the new stadium. You know, if that comes off, it would be a, a fantastic thing to do. You know, the, the the under 18s maybe they're bigger games where you know you're going to get a crowd, but the crowds, you know, going and watching the women's game have, have grown massively over the last two or three years. You know, people want to watch teams winning games. You know, that's yeah. that's understandable, and they're they're doing that, and people are going and and, and enjoying it. And I, I, that. You know, it's it's sort of riding that wave of optimism about the women's game following on from the Euros in the summer. All of a sudden, it's it's high high profile. People have watched it on the telly at prime time. You know, um, it's the the whole sort of sports personality of the year award um, and Beth Mead winning that, and people saying, "Well, why why have they won that?" You know, such and such, this cricketer should have won it. And it's like, well, cricket is on Sky. It's behind a paywall. You've got to pay to watch that. And not everybody is massively into cricket. Football is the national sport. We had a summer tournament live on the TV, on free-to-air TV, and it got massive viewing figures. So clearly there's a there's a demand and, a, and, a, and an enjoyment of the game that people will get behind. And and you know it, it's a real opportunity for that to for that to grow. And and hopefully by the time we move into the new stadium, we've got the men's team in the championship, the second tier might well have the women's team in the same position and 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 a really positive you know whole community um able to get behind the men's and the women's team um in a new stadium i feel like that's another seamless link you've done there simon <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was trying <laughs> well yeah i mean it, it does uh, this is this is going really well isn't it this is you know these these links we don't normally it's not people are going to be listening to this going it's not normally like this um but yeah it it, it does take us on to that new stadium um yeah. oxfox um had a banner at the game sos support our stadium secure our future with um 
the the date the 24th of January uh which not only is the away game at Wickham but it's the date of the uh the next council cabinet meeting where hopefully they will say yes to either Stratfield break um and a lease being agreed there or the the triangle at Freezeway um which sounds like it might be a, you know an option as well um and once that council decision has been made and and fingers crossed touchwood all of those sort of things that it's yeah. a positive yes we are prepared to enter into negotiations and lease you that land yeah. then it, it it allows the club to move forward with okay you know planning here are our visions for the stadium this is what we want it to look like this is what it will be uh, and and really allow the club to progress and, and get through that planning situation but if you're listening to the I, I will perhaps when we when we tweet out the uh, the link to this we'll put a link to the Oxfox website because there's a lot on there if you haven't signed the petition or you haven't written to your local councillor you can do that up until the 24th and and, and hopefully that will will have that desired effect of yeah. the councillor saying yes and it's I, I don't know it can just add so much I know it's it's pointless telling <laughs> and saying on an Oxford United fans <laughs> yeah. podcast yeah. why you should like Oxford United, but it, yeah, it's mm. uh, it's it's important for the future to say the least. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like obviously it was a sellout the other night, but like we we sell out a few times a season. You know, it maybe not so much this season, but the previous how many over ten thousand did we get last season? Mm. You know, oh, we got yeah, yeah. big crowds. You know, and this isn't a one-off you know this this last game we we have the support there to sell out and more you know maybe 18,000 won't be enough you know in time in time games. yeah yeah some games you know it's it's not well catchment wise we're meant to be the same as um brighton aren't we in terms of yeah. where we are in the county how like the fact with the demographics and club. That kind yeah of thing. Mm. yeah all of that the closest club is is um, Brighton and they obviously have a big old stadium and have moved up through the leagues and, and sell out now so yeah I think as well, you, you mentioned this the, the attendances at, at, uh, at the Kassam this season haven't been huge yet you know it's it's still been decent but just looking at the next home game Ipswich Town and then following on I'll miss a couple out because they're smaller clubs but we're going Barnsley Plymouth Bristol Rovers Derby Sheffield Wednesday Bolton Portsmouth all still to play at home. Um, mm-hmm. And if over the next three or four games, we get a, a little run going and we're around, you know, four or five points off the playoffs and, and we make some good signings in the in the transfer window and, and we look like we might just, oh, okay, we might do something here. Then those games all of a sudden become big games, 10,000 plus crowds and... We're, we're yeah we're getting to a point where people can't get tickets for games which is you know good in a, in one way and that you, you know you want to be selling out but equally that being able to go to a football match and enjoy it and enjoy the surroundings and and, and, a, and a new stadium giving us you know better fan engagement easier to get to you know one of the things i you know it was it was a nightmare getting out of the kasam on on tuesday um it often is when there's a big crowd but I think a lot of people would would drive would rather than driving to games would go on the train um, and and walk from the Parkway station. I know, you know I certainly would for, for and the then majority the idea of games. Is to well, one of the ideas is to have it 
like a few other stadiums where afterwards it becomes a, a sort of restaurant facility. Yeah. There are, are people at Spurs Ground, I think Brighton's is one of those as well, mm. where afterwards all of the all of the eateries just serve people up until people are still there at half 11 at night. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And people drift away gradually rather than yeah. that. In the same way that people arrive at a stadium over a period of time and it's, you know, it's, it's nice and easy to get in. Yeah. You'd, you'd want that, that sort of, um, yeah, a match day atmosphere to continue and, and make it easier for people to get away gradually. Um, so yeah. Well, I mentioned, yeah, next game. So, so we've gone from, playing Arsenal at home to going to Highbury on Saturday. Um, there's, of course, the the great stat, which Premier League footballer who's still playing has scored a hat-trick at Highbury? Um, of course, Jamie Vardy. Vardy, yeah. Yes. Um, it's a clever one. It's a clever it's a good, one. It's, it is a good yeah. one. Um, yeah, so from yeah from Arsenal at home to, to uh, Highbury away, and then Ipswich is um, the following week. Um, so Fleetwood away. Um, we we had a, a really say, poor. I can't hear Fleetwood without Fraser hearing. It's it's that same go. thing where you're like, oh, we never beat Fleetwood, even yeah. though in recent history we've done all right. right. But I was in my head, Captain Pugwash. But yeah. um, I had that in Panto last year, and each time it played, I just felt <laughs> dead inside. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Fleetwood. I just. Uh, uh... I just um, <laughs> something about going there, isn't it? And like, and like you say, Liam, we I think was it the last two seasons we have actually beaten them, or I might have that wrong. I'm, I'm, yeah, you are right. We have done better in recent times, but um, it's just something it about was like, them. That Garbutt game when Garbutt was playing for them and we battered them. Oh yeah, and in the 93rd minute, he's yeah. got a screamer with their first shot. It was, it was an horrible. Absolute, yeah, it was a, it was an absolutely wonderful goal, wasn't it? And um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's and it's just I think apparently they play with a back five. They've got Scott Brown in charge. It, everything about it is just. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think they're one point above no, or below. No, they're they're exactly the same uh, points. Oh, okay. Say so played the same. They've got a um, a one goal difference, better goal difference. One goal, better goal. I got all those all those words, better. but not necessarily one better... in that right order. <laughs> they're the one goal better after this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They're ahead of us on goal difference. That's it. Yeah. Um, so that was yeah. cracking listening. If that <laughs> makes it into the pod, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, leave that in phrase. Um well. yeah, it's it'll be one of the recent results. Uh most recently um beating Shrewsbury away, uh, but losing to Barnsley and Sheffield Wednesday, uh beating MK away. Um Drawn with Ipswich away, which was a decent result there, and and then losing at home to Bolton back in November. So they've, um, yeah, like you say, it's it, it is that. Oh, it's Fleetwood, isn't it? Um, yeah, but I think you can't, we, we just have can't to shake go. It. No, but the 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 performance on Monday, um, maybe obviously not the result, but but overall the performance was was solid. Um, I think we're seeing. Javin Anderson getting better and better and better. Um, the midfield working well. Bait really playing well now. Um, Our bait was incredible. I yeah, thought. yeah. Odonka really for he's, he's only eighteen, isn't he? It, it's remarkable. He's he's really put on some some weight in a good way. He doesn't, you know, he looks like a 
there were a couple of times he, he sort of rolled defenders on Monday night, you know, Premier League defenders, good, very, very good international footballers. And he's an 18 year old coming on and giving them a hard time. And, you know, we shouldn't be relying on him this season to be our, our goal scorer. Um, but he's certainly come in and done well enough to to think, OK, maybe he starts, you know, he scored in, in the game against Cardiff in the under 18 cup. Maybe he starts. Yeah, maybe. I think it's about, yeah, well, it's about time he got given a go. I think <laughs> that it's, um, with us looking for another striker, apparently Carl Joseph is coming back in. So yeah. it's it's nearing the point in the season we shouldn't have to rely on him anymore. Mm. So if you're going to start him, now's the time to do it. Yeah. Um, because I think his, his, um, his sort of cameos are going to become less frequent mm. from now. So yeah. yeah, give him a start, and and you know, I think they said it on Radio Oxford. That often helps Taylor. Give him a, a game or two off, and then mm. it gives, you know, when he he's he's jumping at the bit to get back involved. Yeah, and and Matty Taylor coming on in the last twenty minutes against the defence that have been roughed up a little bit or given a run around. You know, it, it's he, he, Matt Taylor we'll still score goals if we give him chances. You know, we've not been that good at providing chances this season. Um, and, and you kind of hope you want to see something a little bit more from Wiltshire. I think um, Murphy has, has in spells looked really good. I think, you know, an hour or so against Either Charlton. one of them can play well in a game. They can't yeah. both play well. That's why I'm no. excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there's more to come from Wiltshire. I, I certainly hope he hasn't kind of looked as good as Murphy when Murphy was on, you know, the best of Murphy at the moment is better than the best of, than we've seen of Wiltshire. Um, but, if he, you know, that serious injury, it's taken him a while to get fit. It'll take him a while to get fully match fit. Um, and, and maybe, you know, it's another month before we see the best of him. You've also got to think about, the, we we do this as fans, then it must happen as players. If Odonka starts, that's fine from their point of view, to have Matty Taylor on the bench and Matty mm. Taylor come on, you must know as a defender, as opposition, oh, it's Matty Taylor. He's he's a yeah. good goal scorer. Mm. Even if he's not in form at the moment, you definitely have that. Whereas when yeah. Taylor goes off and someone that you haven't really heard of comes on, mm. part of you must go, oh, thank goodness that's over. And yeah, mm. Donko's still a handful, but I don't know. Psychologically, I think having a strong bench is a really, really positive thing. From the so, next four games, I'm going to say we're going to get eight points. Just so, <laughs> just so Fraser can hear eight points again. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's do that. Let's. We, we've been we've been looking at um, at uh, just the the sort of um, predictions for for games, individual games coming up. But yeah, let's let's go. What the club do? Well, the club do five five game blocks. But let's look at the next four games against Fleetwood, Ipswich, Wickham, and Burton. Um, and and so you're, you're uh, saying eight points from that then? I am. Like my gut says six, but I've got to say eight now. Well, I'm going to say a draw with Fleetwood, lose to Ipswich, beat Burton, and lose to Wickham. Um, so I just, I, yeah, I I think Ips, I think the signings Ipswich are making are mad. Yeah, I mean, they're. I just think they're going to be far too strong for us. I'm afraid, but. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I I think we're still looking for 
a few. I mean, by the time we get to Wickham, I hope we might have made a couple of additions to the mm. squad. Um, we'll see. I don't know what the the further plans are for the window. Um, well, Carl was saying, you know, he was hoping to a, a week or so ago, he was saying well, we want people in for Fleetwood. You know, we're looking yeah. at this first two weeks of the of the and transfer window. And when Carl window. says something, it, it always ha- happens. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we're, we're probably going to wait. Have to wait till Barnsley on the first of February to uh, to see anyone in. Um, yeah. uh, what talking of transfer windows? Sorry, Paul, your predictions before we get on to I'll, transfer windows. What are your thoughts? I'll go. I'll go an optimistic seven. Yeah, that was going to be me as well. What are we thinking? Lose to lose to Ipswich and a draw at Wickham. Yeah, yeah. We, Wickham are one of those sides. It doesn't matter how. If we mm. outplay them, they'd still somehow manage to get something. Yeah. Like how did um there's sorry. everything that we're weak against. <laughs> um which is everything this season, unfortunately. <laughs> um yeah, so transfer window then. Um we've brought in um who have we brought in? I need Fleming, to, who looked who looked decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the whole fans were amazed that that he'd been let go, uh, or not let go, but, but sent out on loan. Um, and and he seems to be, you know, an attacking fullback. And the way Kieran Brown's been playing this season, um, you kind of think, well, is he going to drop him or is he going to move him to left side centre-half um, and play with two attacking fullbacks um, with Anderson and Fleming and, and two centre-halves? Or are you going to go play five at the back? Just as we're getting our wingers fit, are we going to go to five well, back would, and not play wingers? I'd it's, be tempted to if if yeah, I'd put long back at right back, play Brown as left centre back, and move Anderson further forwards because yeah. he he was better defensively and he put in a great challenge against Martinelli, but I still he's an attacking player mm. <laughs> and so it, you know he goes forwards and then. There's something about him where I'm just not sure that that he's going to get back in time because he's so laid back mm. and that anyone's covering him. Long yeah. will stay in position. So I think that's what I would do. I'd move Anderson further up. And I think, yeah, Wiljot and Murphy are both coming back fit. But at the moment, we have somebody who's fit that's playing better than both of them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd go along with that. Um the the so as well as Fleming in this January transfer when uh, yeah in this January transfer we brought in Stefan Negri from Shelburne a uh, centre back who is hopefully another one on that production line of young centre halves that we've sort of every season we bring one in and every season we sell one at the other end who's going you know up the divisions usually to the championship um, and and he might be another one for the future um, we'll obviously. Wait and see. What do we think we need in the January transfer window? Obviously, we've got the left back in, which a lot of people are talking about, and Carl has spoken about a, a striker to to you know something something different up front. You know, not not another Matty Taylor type, but a, a bit more physical, big, strong, target man kind of centre forward. Carl Joseph, we've like say he's coming back. He's more of a wide sort of attacking player, not a, a literal number nine. Yeah, I think I think that's the obvious thing, isn't it? The the 
bring in a striker, but you, you don't want to pay over the odds, which you're going to do if they're in form at the moment, or you get someone in who's not playing, which means they might not be as fully fit, or there are a hundred different issues you might have, is about finding that right fit, which at certain times the club have got bang on. Looking back over the years, I think Jordan Bowery was that. I think mm. Ryan Taylor was that. They, they very different players to what we had in at the time, but they were they offered something different. And and when everyone was fit and in form and stuff like that, they could do different jobs. And, and yeah, I think those two are, are decent examples. George Waring less so. I like to bring <laughs> up Waring. Yeah. I, I, he seemed like a thoroughly nice man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not necessarily the the best footballer. Score with his face at Crawley. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. Crawley. I see the the Swindon uh, manager and assistant manager have left Swindon and gone to Crawley. It's got to be they... a good sign for Swindon, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think they call it the Swindon Town banter period, and it's still yeah. going. So, <laughs> yeah, started with Tim Sherwood, who was or wasn't managing that club. Or... Mm. There used yeah. to be a yeah. fine on this podcast for saying their name. Oh, but there was, it was, wasn't there? Yeah, sorry about that. I'll tell you what's annoying, though. What's annoying is it seems to be a shambles behind the scenes there. Yeah. But they're not doing that badly. No. <laughs> it really frustrates me. I want to see them struggle. Well, I think that kind of gets us to a point where we've we've covered the uh, the main topics. Uh, we'll hopefully be back maybe, maybe before the Ipswich game if we get a chance. Um, if not, we'll certainly, you know, after that... Um, and 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 cover the uh, the council meeting on the twenty fourth. Um, I like that. If it's not before the Ipswich game, it'll be after it. Yeah, there will not be a pod during the game. There might. Well, we could, we could do something during <laughs> yeah. the game. A live podding. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, we've said hi, Tim. But hi, everyone else hi, uh, that listens. Um, and. Uh, all of that nonsense. Tim absolutely um, loves it when Rosie does come on your yellows. I, he, he, yeah, he is yeah. a huge fan of that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, I mean, I, I love Rosie, but yeah, yeah. It, he also shushes down the mic every so often. And as, yeah. as a uh, as someone who, for their job, has to use a mic, you don't mm. shush down a mic. No, don't no. even start me on that. No. <laughs> Shushing never ends well, does it? Shushing. Hi, Kath, as well. We we watched yeah. the Arsenal game. Hi, Kath. Uh, Hi, Kath. Liam yeah. too. How and are you Liam. doing? And Liam yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, oh, I've got to say one more thing as well. I'm so yeah, sorry. I'm so this sorry. Is, this is the standing at the door. I was randomly in front of Phil Gilman at the game the other day. Phil, you know, just the, the, mm. the loveliest man in the world. And um, he was saying Tim's that uh, now. <laughs> he was saying that his dad, John Gilman, was seething because uh, our game, he'd ask him to record the game on ITV. And uh, he asked what time it was on. When he told him half seven, he was fuming that he, Coronation Street was not going to be on. So, uh, <laughs> not, sorry, John Gilman, sorry. It's all right. I'm sure he can delete the recording now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, get rid of it. <laughs> we bumped we bump Corey off. Well, take care of your, yourselves and each other. Um, and we'll we'll see you, or won't see you. We'll see you next time. <laughs> that's, we don't, that's how people don't see work. us, do they? Yeah. Hello, <laughs> you'll, li- you'll listen to us next time. Uh, <laughs> Well, until next time, (laughs) if you like this kind of thing, uh, I'm sure you will. Uh, But until next time, thank you, uh, everyone. And we'll see you next time. I'm saying saying next time a lot. You're going to have to (laughs) cut out some of these. And I'm now, I'm thinking next time in my head. So I'm just saying next time a lot. (laughs) Bye. Eight points. Bye. Bye.